Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. Here at The Art of Charm, we may not have all the answers, but we certainly have some of the questions. And today on Fan Mail Friday, those questions come from you. And then, of course, we try not to laugh slash cry, try not to be too judgy. We try to give you some good old tough love or horseplay or advice, whatever's needed in the moments. And I am off enjoying myself in Australia so I'm super jet-lagged and trying not to show it. However, I do enjoy a little Fan Mail Friday, and we wouldn't miss it for the world, would we? Yeah, some of us have to stay behind and work while you're off frolicking in the non-surf because you don't go in the water. Ah, the benefits <laughs> of being the boss who's afraid of the water. All right. Um, yeah, you know, I, I got to say, Australia is a great place. I could, I just wish it were closer. Yeah, yeah, never been, never been. Would like to go. I, I will be living vicariously through your Instagram. There you go. At Jordan Harbinger on Instagram. That's right. At Jordan Harbinger on Instagram. You can. I don't take pictures of my food. I promise you that. But above that, the bar is still low, just like everybody else on Instagram. <laughs> I do post videos there about things that are relevant to AOC topics, though. So I'll teach you some productivity stuff or some body language stuff or some nonverbal communication stuff. But let's be honest, 80% of it is like, oh, my God, look at this dumb thing I found and took a photo of like a person being stupid in a way that's hilarious or a funny sign. So What the internet was built for. It's not too highbrow. Yeah, exactly. Let's cut to it, eh? Hey, guys, I listen to the show all the time and really enjoy your insights. Every so often I run into a celebrity or pro athlete, and I never know what to say and not sound like an idiot. How do I say hi and strike up a one- or two-sentence conversation? I usually end up saying something like, hi, I'm Mike, I'm a big fan, and they say thanks with an awkward silence and move on to the next person. I don't expect to be lifelong buddies with these busy people, but I don't want to be just another awkward fan type person. Any suggestions would be appreciated. Thanks, Mike. So I meet celebrities all the time, surprise, uh, throughout the course of work or just at events that I'm at or something like that, and you got to treat them normally. They know who they are. And they probably don't care if you know who they are. And it can come up later that you're a fan or you know something about their work if it makes sense in the conversation. Saying you're a fan right off the bat, that puts you in a bucket. So there's kind of these different tiers of people that they know or different buckets of people that they know. People who treat them as if they're famous, which they are. People who treat them poorly because they're famous, because they're insecure and they don't want to be like, oh, you're famous. They, the, you know, haters and, and trolls. And then there's kind of everyone else and it falls somewhere on a spectrum. When I interact with celebrities, I have very normal conversations with them. And if their work comes up, 
I might reference it, which means more to them at that time because we're already chatting, we're already buddied up or sitting next to each other on an airplane, and then they find out I like their work as well. It actually means something at that point. Before, it didn't mean anything. I'm a huge fan. Okay, of course you are. I'm a famous person, a basketball player. It means something if I can reference, oh, I've read one of your books and I really like this part. Oh, okay, that's more meaningful than, oh my God, you're famous. I don't know what to do right now. I need a paper bag. You don't have to pretend you don't know who they are but it shouldn't be the entire focus of the conversation or the relationship. So if you're seated next to them on a plane, you don't have to be like, oh my God, it's Michael Jackson. Well, actually, that's a terrible example. That would be a really creepy plane ride. I feel horrible now, Jason. (laughs) You don't have to say, oh my God, it's Mike Rowe. I love that show. You know, you, you can just say, oh, Mike Rowe, right on. Nice to meet you. Big fan of your work. It's fine if you do that. It's not ideal if that's the first thing that comes to your brain. But you can sit down and go, hey, I'm Jordan. Nice to meet you. Mike, right on. Oh, yeah, I think I'm familiar with some of your stuff. And then you can talk, and then you can talk about it later. But don't start going on a diatribe. I loved that one where you were in the tilapia pool, and you were talking <laughs> about how much poop there was. And it was like so much poop. And you were in those with those waiters, and they were like full of poop. Don't do that. Stewardess, can I have a new seat, please? <laughs> yeah, a new seat and seven vodka. And guys like that who are on TV, basketball players, they're so used to that, but it doesn't mean that it's fun. They're sick of being the focus of every conversation because most of them are not narcissistic maniacs. They're really probably tired about talking a lot of that stuff. Uh, In fact, I heard an anecdote recently about Eminem, and he watched Homecoming. I guess his daughter Haley was the homecoming queen of whatever high school in Detroit. And he watched her being crowned homecoming queen from an empty classroom that overlooked the football field or the parade field or wherever this was happening because he didn't want to take the attention off of her. Hmm. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah, it makes sense, though, because people like that are so used to attention. There's literally nothing you're going to do that's going to be so unique that they're like, wow, this is great. I want to be friends with you now. Just be normal. That is the highest likelihood that you're going to have a pleasant interaction with them that they actually remember in a positive light, if that's your goal. After living in L.A., I got to meet a bunch of famous people, too. And, yeah, just be normal. That's the way to go. All the all the people that I know that are famous that are still my friends, we talk about mundane crap and have a good time talking about it. We don't even talk about what they do or anything like that. And when I first met them, it was the same way, just exactly like you said. Just you know, strike up a conversation like normal person. That's all you got to do. Works 90% of the time. Works 100% of the time. All right. Next up. Hey, Jordan and Jason. I understand imposter syndrome to be an authentic and relatable thing, which over 80% of people struggle with. However, I'm curious if I'm a real imposter. Ooh. Why do I feel this way, you ask? Recently, I was having a conversation with a close friend of about six years, and I made a statement about my past, and her response was, oh my gosh, I never knew that happened to you. And it made me stop and think, am I ever my authentic self? Does anyone know me? I have a wide variety of friend groups, but just a couple of people that I would consider close friends. However, this incident made me reflect on if I can call them good friends or not, if they don't know where I've come from or what I've overcome to become the person I am today. Here's a quick bulleted list to help shed some light on why I am an imposter by choice. All right. Here we go. Dang. All right. Insecurity complex in bullet point. (laughs) You got some bullets going on here. Drug addicts for parents. Mm -hmm. Mother and father divorced because father was having an affair with grandmother. Damn. I assume she means the grandmother of the wife or her grandmother on the wife's side, not... Yes, the maternal side, and she she points out that we are not from the South. What so. a mean stereotype that is. But that okay. is, but I, I, I just read them here, man. Spent my childhood moving all over, living in crack houses, slum motels with strangers when my mom went to rehab, 
and I lived in many different states and went to 10 different schools. I moved out on my own at age 16. I started a relationship with a psychopath at age 17. Had a child with the same psychopath at age 23. Then the psychopath beat me in another state and left me on the side of the road with no phone and no money and took our three-month-old son. When I got home and told him I was leaving, he beat me again, tied me up, and strangled me, only fleeing when I let my body go limp. This is bananas. He was arrested. When he was let out of jail, he burned down our home with all my belongings in it. Oh, my God. Except the two suitcases I had packed when I left to stay with my father in Detroit. This is reads like a Lifetime movie. This is no, this is not a this is a horror movie. Yeah. My god. Stayed in my father's tiny apartment for a couple of months working my butt off to have enough money to move back to Idaho. Spent the next 7 years working four jobs, 7 days a week to support being a single mom all on my own, and I never finished college. Well, I don't blame you. I've heard a lot of excuses for not finishing college. I got to say, this adds up to a lot, okay? Depressing, eh? I know everyone has their stories and have been through all kinds of adversity of their own. I understand I'm not unique or special in this situation. There are plenty of people who have had similar experiences or worse. The last thing I want is to come off as the victim or make people uncomfortable by sharing my story. I dread meeting people or being put in a situation where you get asked the typical questions like, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Etc. I now have an amazing job an amazingly kind husband, and my son is a total rock star. Life is good. I worked hard to get where I am. I guess to get to the point, I feel like an imposter, not so much in my work life. I've been with my current company for two and a half years and received two promotions and a handful of pay raises. I understand the value of hard work, and I believe my upbringing provided me with a lot of skills people don't acquire naturally. The ability to read people in situations, problem solve, and get shit done. But I suppose, personally, I'm an imposter. If someone I consider a dear friend doesn't know about my past, am I making real connections? To be honest, I'm not sure even my husband knows all of the bullet points from before. I tried to volunteer with an organization here that helps victims of domestic abuse, but I just can't bring myself to share my story. I'm not sure why I feel like I can share it with you guys and possibly the entire AOC family. Maybe it's because I'm writing it and not speaking, and perhaps it's because I listen to you every day that I feel a false sense of security. I'm not really sure. My question is, is it okay to be an imposter? How do I answer some of the questions people pose without feeling like a complete liar? Do I need to share this part of me to make real connections? Can I ever be the authentic me and hide my past? Should I bury my past? How do I share that with people and avoid making them feel uncomfortable? Cheers! The phony who ate way too much bologna as a kid. Wait, who am I kidding? We couldn't afford bologna, but spam doesn't rhyme with phony. Creative nickname. This is a holy crap kind of email. I feel almost like people are listening and they're like, oh yeah, hold my beer. You think that's bad? Like, they, and then they just write all this craziness. And it's, I've, I've actually spoken with her before. I remember now. I'm, there's a lot here. So first of all, yeah. props for having a normal marriage and a stable household now. Cause I, I know there's more to this email. I know who this person is writing in and she's got a pretty awesome life and family now, which is so good. And I know that, and that's why I was a little glib reading the email because we knew, we know how, we knew how the story ended as we started. Right. It doesn't. It's not like. And now I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's some ter- there's some terrible stuff in there, and I was just like, yeah, I could go the sad route, but I just want to make sure people knew that we weren't being uh, <laughs> being too glib. Yeah. Exactly. Now I feel you because otherwise we're going to get. How dare you? I'm offended on her behalf. Yep. Um, 
It's okay to be an imposter in these types of... In fact, I was going to say in this type of situation, in any situation, it's always okay to be an imposter. The point is, we all kind of are, and we all kind of aren't. You just don't have to wear it on your sleeve. You're broadcasting a lot of it here in your email, and I, I personally think it's fine if it stays here. I don't think everybody needs to know everything about you. Your authentic self doesn't mean that you wear all the crap that ever happened to you on your sleeve and and use it. You don't want to be labeled as a victim and have that be a part of your identity. That's why you're not sharing these things, in my opinion. And I think that's a good thing. I don't think you should define yourself by all of the things that you listed in the mail. I think that it wouldn't make any sense to do that. I think it would be exhausting to be around. And I think even your closest family and friends would say, look, okay, that happened. What does your future look like? And it would be unhealthy for you to live in that all of the time. You have an especially traumatizing story, horror story, frankly, of your past. And everybody has things in their past, maybe one out of these 10 or so bullets for each person uh, normally listening here. But we don't always wear the stuff. Some people wear the stuff on their sleeve and constantly put it in the foreground and other people don't. People don't have to know everything about you in order to connect with you. So I want to be really clear about that. You don't have to have everything out in the open in order to create a connection with somebody else. It's perfectly okay if you share the stuff when it's relevant. But when it's not relevant or germane to the conversation, just leave it in the past if that's what you want to do. If I were you, I would get a therapist and I would share this stuff with them if you feel like you need to get it out of your system, which you may very well need to do. That's their job. You'll stay sane and you won't have to broadcast it all over town or feel like you're leaving things out of your friendships and things like that if you don't want to. And like I said, I remember your story from before. You should be proud of how far you've come given what you have been through. If anything, your life experience makes you more worthy of what you've achieved, not less worthy. And that should help with your imposter syndrome, knowing that. You're more worthy of what you've achieved despite your background, not less worthy because of your background. That's all I got. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people, because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash charm. Just go to Indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. Lennon and McCartney, Jagger and Richards, Watson and Crick, AJ and Johnny. What about the perfect duo when it comes to growing your business? Well, that's you and Shopify. That's right, Johnny. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling your own fire merch or promoting your productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort Thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, as well as millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. And AJ, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands that you love, giving your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no-excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash charm. Go to shopify.com slash charm now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash charm. Next up. Hi, Jordan. My family is experiencing a new challenge, and I wanted to get your take on it. My mom and dad have been great all my life and married for 45 years. My 70-year-old dad has taken a teenage girl under his wing, helped her with her dysfunctional family, moving, gave her a car, and a place to work. My family has felt that the time he was devoting to her was getting excessive, especially with the secrecy of running off to help her with one thing or another. Unfortunately, he wasn't very receptive to our concerns. He offered to let the girl move in with him and my mom. Whoa, that went <laughs> yeah. off the rails really quick. At first I was like, oh, he's really a nice, caring guy. All right, well, it's getting a little and crashed into the mountain. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> my mom said no, and he became very angry and insisted he was going to do it anyway. I've stayed out of it until now. I read letters he wrote to my brother accusing him of overreacting and disappointed in his feeling that he would ever have less than honest intentions. Then he wrote a letter to my mom, blaming her for not providing the necessary attention and him being depressed as the reason this was all happening. Whoa, that is super indicative of him knowing that this is inappropriate behavior, and it really shows his intentions. All right, go on, go on. I'll get to that. Jordan, hold my beer. This was after my mom confronted him about a text he had sent the girl about massaging her in inappropriate ways. I guess I don't need to get into it. I think that makes it pretty clear. Okay. <laughs> I sent the girl a message on Facebook asking her to share her feelings with him, and she said she had told him that she only wants to be friends, but she still accepts his gifts. My dad has sent her messages referring to her as the most important relationship he has ever had and that he loves her. This is so delusional and crazy. Oh, my gosh. So clearly there's more going on here than he admitted. Clearly. 
Oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> Holy crap. He's 70. She's a teenager. This is massively inappropriate. Yes. She said it makes her feel weird, but he's not listening to anyone. What is happening to my dad? He says very nasty things to my mom now. And last night she woke up with him leering over her with a cold stare. Whoa. Yeah, I got chills on that one. That sounds super murdery. Yeah. I hate saying stuff like that because I don't, I mean, that sounds terrible and scary. This is the first time she ever feared for her safety. Oh, yeah. What's wrong with him? What can I do to get it through his head? He's acting crazy. He's always had common sense before, but now he's just nuts. Signed, concerned, son in lost. Yeah, this is, that's weird that he was staring over her with a cold stare. He's got major contempt yeah. for her, and it sounds like he's got some anger issues. It sounds like he's like, unhinged i mean he's 70 and this is a teenager i understand feeling bad for somebody and wanting to do something for somebody and i even kind of understand how an older man might fall for somebody like that if there's depression and some you know he's been married for a long time i don't agree with that but this is like way creepy on every level but yeah this is way past midlife crisis creepy this is another this is the next level this isn't by a corvette this is you're having an illegal probably slash possibly sexual relationship with an underage girl that you're moving in with your wife of 45 years and your other sons and everyone's trying to talk you out of it. People you've known for their whole lives, people you've helped raise and and the woman who's known you for 45, 50 years and you're not listening to them because why? I mean, what is going on here? You have to get out of the house. He needs a therapist. And you can go as a group as to family therapy or something, but he is unhinged and he might be dangerous. That whole leering over her with a cold stare when she woke up in the nighttime, that is just... Yeah, I'd be in a hotel by morning if that happened. Yeah, man. Oh, my goodness. And honestly, if you're going to therapy as a group, have that girl come because this is not something you can or should handle on your own and he might need... To hear it from her and with a therapist in the room that this is never going to happen because he's probably doing some delusional stuff in his head because it sounds like she's saying, look, I just want to be friends, but he's buying me stuff and I'm broke and poor and I grew up crappy. Right. I, I know that you guys don't want to leave the house because you, you probably think, oh, I have I have more control and can keep an eye on things while I'm in the house. But you don't. He's already doing what he wants and he is obviously not thinking clearly at all. It is intervention time. You have to call somebody and you've got to get him to go to a therapist and you've got to bring that girl as well. And if you can't do that, you at least need to get out of the house. You need to get away from him. This is so weird. It's so weird and possibly dangerous. It's so far beyond the boundaries of what's normal that I'm worried that we just can't predict anything this guy's going to do. Totally agree. Oof. Shivers, yeah. man. Yeah. Holy yeah, the, crap. Yeah. yeah, this is one of the first ones I've gotten goosebumps on because I'm like, I was worried about his mom. That's just some scary stuff. Oh, my goodness. All right, next up. Seriously, get out of the house. Like, Get out of the house before you do anything else and then try to do the therapy thing. And if he refuses, you might just have to let it play out. It's just great. This is crazy. All right, next. Hey, Jordan and Jason. Here's the situation. I have a younger 23-year-old brother who's a little lost in life right now and is negatively impacting everyone in the family. We're Nigerian, specifically Igbo. I'm sure I butchered that pronunciation. That's cool. And it's a culture that is driven by money and academic ability. 
My parents came here when I was one, so my siblings and I are very Americanized. My brother, the youngest of the three, has been in and out of school, failing multiple semesters, going ghost on every family member for weeks at a time, and just in general, been inconsiderate towards everyone helping him. Let me go over his timeline. Oh, look, more bullet points. I love. You know what, though? I love the bullets. It's so much easier to read. It really is. <laughs> Welcome to Fan Mail Bullets. Okay. Told my parents that he applied to Harvard, but never actually did. Applied only to the local school instead. He joins millions of people who've done that same thing. Okay. I assume that's not the worst. Did okay for a year and a half. Completely bombed his fourth semester once he got into his major classes and disappeared on everyone. It was finally revealed that he wasn't enrolled in school in his third year after my mom went to the administration. We helped him get back into school and I put some money up to help him get in. That semester, I made him send me all his assignments and syllabi and tracked him every week. He passed. Following semester, he denies me access, then fails again and disappears. Cycle repeats. I got him an internship at my company. I'm his manager, and he lives with me in my apartment at my company. Oof. He did well, goes back to school, fails, and disappears again. He's been doing this for a while now, and whenever I can actually talk to him, I tell him that he's wasting an enormous amount of money to keep failing classes. I told him to take a break from school and figure out if he actually wants to do this. He started out in computer engineering, then moved to computer science, but it's clear to me that he doesn't have the focus to get through that kind of program at this point in his life. He'll fail classes, but he's all over Instagram. The biggest problem is the toll that it's taking on my parents. They're stressing themselves out, constantly worrying about him because he'll disappear on everyone for weeks to months, so no one even knows if he's alive. They keep pressuring me, the oldest, to do something about it, but I don't see anything that I can do. He's about to turn 24. He's been a man for a while now. At some point, he has to figure out life for himself, right? I keep telling them you can't keep trying to bail him out of these situations or he'll always use you as a crutch. Help, please. Best brother of the prodigal son. Oh, this is a tough position to be in, man. Yeah. Because it sounds like... In the culture, he's expected to help his brother, even though his brother really clearly does not want any part of it. What's interesting is his brother's clearly very capable, right? Because when he's forced to apply himself, he'll get through it. But he's clearly miserable enough and really doesn't want to be there. So it's not that he's not capable. And it sounds like he doesn't have any substance issues or anything like that. And he just really needs to be forced to do these things that your parents want him to do, which to me just means he just does not want to do them. So you're right, brother of prodigal son. Your parents are sacrificing you, though, and they're sacrificing your sanity, and you're complicit in that, for their own ends. They want to uphold their cultural goals, and they're willing to make your life miserable in order to do that. Your brother doesn't want to do any of this stuff. The other thing is he resents you for your help as well. You didn't write that, but I can tell you right now, he resents that he had to live with you and do an internship at a company he didn't want to do, and he resents that you tracked his syllabi. That's why he cut you off, because he went, screw this. I think you're damaging your relationship with him, trying to help him. That's what I think. And I think while you still have a relationship with him, you should have a heart-to-heart -heart with him asking what he really wants, because he probably feels the exact same cultural pressure as you do and the pressure from the parents as you do, but he's got a lot more resentment because you're successful and he's not. 
So you have approval and you're trying to force him to do the things that you did to get approval. So you're really putting a wedge between you and him. And and that's unfortunate because that could last the rest of his life if you don't fix that. And frankly, your relationship with your brother is more important than your parents thinking that you're doing what they think your brother needs to do and you're forcing him to do it. I, I think your relationship with him personally is more important than that. And he's ghosting you because he feels that nobody's on his side. He might even have other things that he actually likes doing that he is doing, or he might be vanishing to explore what those areas might be and what those areas are because he's never had a chance to do so. Other people might have made him do things his whole life. So if you can get to him in person and ask non-judgmentally what he wants to do, he might become a lot closer to you if he trusts you enough to tell you that right now because I don't know where your relationship is with him. And right now... I guarantee you that he feels nobody's on his side and that nobody understands him and he feels bad for disappointing you and he feels bad for disappointing your parents and he resents both of you guys for forcing him to do stuff that he doesn't want to do. And even if that's not the case, you just cannot go on how you are now or you're going to drive yourself freaking crazy. You're already frustrated enough to have written me. I can only imagine how much more frustrating this is going to be. And it's going to distract you from your own happiness, your own goals, your own career. I mean, to what end? To what end? He's not on drugs running around. You're not trying to find a kid in the streets. He just doesn't want to do this crap. And your parents can't accept that because it's cultural. But look, are you willing to sacrifice your family's relationship with your brother so that that you can force him to do what your parents want? He's going to be miserable doing that. And then what? Your parents are happy because he's miserable and you're miserable? It just doesn't make any sense. So get to him in person and have that conversation sooner rather than later. And then I think you should maybe... Help him talk to your parents about that. And look, they might be pissed at you for that. But I think in the long run, this is going to be much better for you and it's going to be better for your family. All right, next up. Hi, Jordan. I'm relatively new to the podcast and am loving it and getting lots of great results from listening and participating in the AOC challenge. Available at theartofcharm.com slash challenge. One of the things that was a game changer for me was about default relationships and being intentional with cultivating friendships. I noticed I have a lot of old friends and acquaintances that I was expending lots of energy keeping up with and didn't feel like they were as invested in the relationship as I was. Now I'm letting go of those and putting my energy into finding new friends. My question is about doing the same when it comes to family. I have some siblings that live out of state, so we don't see each other in person that often. When we do, we have a great time, pick up right where we left off, and my relationship with them is very important to me. When we don't see each other, it seems like they never call or text, and weeks or months can go by without any contact if I don't make the first move to get in touch. If they were a friend, I'd take this as a hint that they aren't as invested in the relationship. But because they're family, I'm not sure what to do, and I don't want to just stop contacting them and let years go by and eventually lose touch or become estranged. Any advice? Frustrated with family. I'm so glad we got a semi-easy one here. This is a cakewalk. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, for me, I think you should take the lead. And what I mean by that is go ahead and make those calls and set things up because I have a feeling your family is just sort of going by their old ways and that's totally normal. Use an app. I have this app called Contactually. It's a web-based app. It's really good. We use it all the time on the show. Use Contactually. It basically adds in all your contacts. You can add in all your phone numbers. You can add in Gmail contacts. Add your family in there and then you add people to what are called buckets And you can make the buckets like 90 days, 45 days, 21 days, whatever. A lot of people use it for business, for sales. 
I use it by putting all my friends in one bucket. I put family in a bucket. I put business contacts in a bucket. I put show guests in a bucket. And then it'll remind you every day who you haven't spoken with for the preordained amount of time that the bucket states, 45 days, 20 days. There's no shame in this. Nobody's expecting you to remember everything. You're trying to build a new habit to develop a new family norm and this is a tool for this that's really good. So it'll say, hey, reach out every 20 days. And look, it's your family. Some people are just not thinking about reaching out. It's a bummer because it's always good to have a sort of two-way relationship. But if this is their pattern of behavior and it's been this way for a while, for years, for your whole life, it's normal with family in my opinion, you can change it. You just might have to make the first move. And there's cousins that I'm closer to because they've actually reached out regularly and said, hey, what's up? Hey, I want to come visit you. What's going on? And I thought like, wow, I'm such a kind of a dick. I'm like never that responsive. So added to contactually, always talking. I've actually improved relationships with a lot of people in my family because I just started reaching out and then they went, oh, okay, I guess Jordan wants to be closer to us. So we'll reciprocate that. And it's been great. It's been super rewarding. So take the lead. Don't worry if they're not reciprocating right away. It might take some time to help them shake the habit. And since it's family, you can give them a little more leeway. I mean, if they never reciprocate, all right, well, that kind of sucks. But I would say you can change their habits by doing so yourself and leading by example. And use contactually. It'll make your life a lot easier. Next up. Dear AOC friends, in response to Fan Mail Friday 133, I dealt with a check bouncer in the past and have the following advice to offer. Oh, right. This was the guy who he was owed money for a car. He gave him the checks up front when he when he sold him the car. So he had the checks in hand, but the, he kept telling the guy that he was going to cash them. And the guy said, don't cash it. Don't cash it. Right. Then I gave him the advice to go call the bank and check on the balance and then go cash them anyway. Right. OK. As Jason suggested, call the bank and verify that the check will clear. Here's a twist that allowed me to recover most of the funds from a fraternity brother who owed me for covering his rent. I knew for sure he didn't have the funds in his account when he gave me the check. He had a habit of writing checks that bounced in the fraternity for rent and utility payments. I did this in the 90s, so I'm not sure how well this might go over today. I can't claim credit for this, by the way. I got the tip from a property manager who gave me this advice. I called the bank and verified that the $400 check, check number 1234, would not clear. I rattled off a number slightly lower for another check number that I actually didn't have. Will $375 clear for check 12345? The response was affirmative. I went to the bank, grabbed a deposit slip, wrote his account number on the form, and deposited $25 cash into his account. Right after, I cashed his check. The teller seemed to know what was going on. She smiled and handed me the $400 in cash. That is genius. I wish I'd have thought of that. <laughs> That's really good. Wow. I walked away with most of my money. I learned a big lesson. Lending to friends with poor financial habits is not a good idea. My friend was a little bit pissed at me when I told him that I collected the money. Apparently, the withdrawal left him with about $10 in his account. He ended up bouncing several smaller checks. Oh, F that guy, man. Yeah, He's mad at you him. for collecting your money. I'm sorry. Go jump off a roof somewhere. <laughs> That's a, what a bonehead. How, some people, man. Unfortunately, a few years later, he ended up going to jail for writing bad checks for more expensive items. Well, there you go. I guess that valuable lesson on check writing didn't sink in very well. Oh, P.S. Dogs are dichromats and people are trichromats. And here's a vision simulator app so you can see the difference between what a dog sees and what a human sees. Cool. We'll link to that in the show notes then. Definitely. Those are some good tips on the checks, man. I like that. Yeah, good idea. Interesting tip for dealing with check bouncers. We'll link to that vision simulator in the show notes. I 
I don't think I've ever been given a bad check. I've certainly never written one. Uh, but well. <laughs> uh, I guess I don't hang out with this kind of riffraff, man. Jeez. Yeah, what are you going to do? I, I don't know, man. Some, the, the fact that he went to jail for check writing, I mean, this is just a dishonest person. He doesn't just have bad financial habits. He doesn't give a crap about other people. That's what that means. Documentary of the week. Jason, what do you got? I don't have a documentary, per se, because we're out of documentaries to watch. I think we've gone through a ton. But I did recently watch... Uh, the new stand-up special by Patton Oswalt on Netflix called Annihilation. And normally I wouldn't talk about a stand-up special on The Art of Charm, but the first part of the stand-up special was comedy, like him telling jokes about Trump, as every stand-up does. The second half of the stand-up was a really heartfelt story with a lot of comedy about him losing his wife because that was, you know, that was a very big big deal in Hollywood when that happened and he's finally back on stage talking about it and I mean grab some tissues but also you're gonna laugh your ass off but it was it was so amazingly heartfelt to hear his reaction to what happened when his wife died telling his kid about it and how he's you know worked every day to get past it and honestly it's a it's a comedy special but it kind of isn't so I highly recommend it oh wow I'll have to check that out I haven't seen that either stand-up's weird because it's so subjective some people think these guys are really funny other people don't and uh i got another stand-up special we can talk about another week that i thought was hysterical and if you don't like it you're wrong that's how good it is um but anyway i hope you all enjoyed this episode of fan mail friday don't forget you can email us at friday at the art of charm.com to get your questions answered on the air i keep everyone anonymous you can either make up your own funny name or we can do it you guys are much better at that than we are if it's feedback for the show, we're fans of strong opinions loosely held. We love to argue like we're right and listen like we're wrong, so don't be shy to hit us up over here. A link to this episode can be found at theartofcharm.com slash FMF141. Quick shout-outs to Tiki Kimball and Lena. I met these two, well, actually, I met Tiki on Facebook, and it turned out he was a fan of The Art of Charm, and I was re at that time I reached out to everybody who added me on Facebook. That seems like an eternity ago. I don't know oh, what... You had I mean, too much time on your hands, bro. Holy crap. <laughs> That's business building from the get-go, though, man. That engagement, it just... Mm -hmm. Hardcore. And he, uh, we met up, and he was such a cool dude, man. I mean, it was he's just a really good guy. He met a great girl named Lena. They live in the UK now. Really good people. I just got back in touch. Thanks to Contactually. And... Uh, they are doing great, and I can't wait to go meet them. And I've, I've met a lot of people through that kind of outreach, that kind of organic stuff that you got to do day in and day out when you're first starting a business. I met another guy named Korhan and his wife, Amber, who they just had a kid recently, and I want to say a big shout to them too because they, they are still listening to the show, still big fans and great friends. So this shows the power of networking and the power of outreach. You ever meet some people and you think, I wish we could spend more time together because these people are so great. I just kind of want to be their best friend. Tiki and Korhan are those two guys. Their unusual names just make them that much more unique and special in my book. I got to meet Korhan at your wedding and Amber. They are amazing people. It was, they were some of the my favorite people to hang out with at your wedding. I'm glad to hear that. Big hugs to Korhan and Amber. Glad to hear it. Yeah, they have their, their little baby baby girl now as well. I won't say her name because some people are kind of weird about that, you know, on, on in public. And I don't blame them. Yep. With the old identity thing. Are you in a strange land listening to our familiar voices? If so, hit us up. We'd love to shout you out. I'd love to hear from you either way. I'm on Twitter at The Art of Charm. It's a great place to engage with the show. I'm on Instagram at Jordan Harbinger. That's a great place to make fun of the stupid crap that I post <laughs> and enjoy some good humor with me. And you're on 
the uh, social medias, are you not, Jason? Yep, I'm on the Twitter at JPDef, that's J-P-D-E-F, and I'm on the Instagram, too, at JPD, Early Adopter. There you go, those three-letter nicknames, man. Mm -hmm. Don't forget about the AOC Challenge, the Art of Charm Challenge. We take you step-by-step on becoming better at making personal and professional connections, becoming a better networker, increasing that personal social capital and charisma. It's for both guys and gals. Check it out. Minimal time commitment, maximum results. Text AOC to the number 38470. That's AOC to the number 38470. Or just go to theartofcharm.com challenge, and you can get rocking on that. More from AOC at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camps that we run every single week in L.A. with AJ and Johnny. If you really want to dig into this stuff and work on your AOC skills with us as your coaches, get all the informations at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. Now stay charming, get out there and connect, and leave everyone better than you found them.